Welcome in to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We're coming to you live from the Mobile Lee Company studio here in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, home of Conway Twitty, the late Conway Twitty, among others, as you were kind of stunned to learn. Well, no, I, I, I knew that he was here. I knew that he lived here, but it's been 30 years. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> How long can we have a, have a business with Hello Darling on the outside? It didn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is great, but I love Conway. But What is it they say? Heroes die, but legends, legends live forever? <laughs> That's right. There you go. Oh, man. Well, we are at Swishworks here in Hendersonville, and if you don't know what that is, just look behind us. There's some basketball hoops, and hopefully – they're working on their swish. We saw some swishing earlier. There was some kid down there knocking down some freezing, snapping nets. Yeah, pretty impressive work. It, it is. It, it really is. And uh, this is a pretty impressive place, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, spoke with one of the proprietors earlier. Um, they got in here about five weeks ago, I guess. Mm -hmm. And and it it looks nice. Um, if you are. If you're wanting to improve your game, they got some ways for you to go about doing so. No doubt. We're going to learn about it a little bit in just a minute as we'll talk with uh, one of the co-owners and the chief operating officer here. Cassie Whitworth will join us. So we're going to talk with her. We're also going to be joined by Joe Sullivan in the second hour talking more hoops. Plenty of hoops to talk about. A lot of hoops. Uh, we'll also... Venture into both baseball and football as well. Braves chatter a little bit later in the show. We'll also uh, some some overdue Braves chatter, but we just haven't had a chance to get to it. Kind of is what it is. Mm -hmm. The timing, but we'll also throw back Thursday to Teddy Cahill and conversation we had with him last week about Oregon State and Washington State baseball. Still, no official word there, so that conversation is pretty relevant. Mm -hmm. so oh, yeah. That, that's good. And we'll also, of course, talk with Terry McCormick. So all of that is coming your way here in just a few moments. Oh, what a great day this has been to this point. Uh, looking forward to continuing this remote broadcast with all these youngsters behind us putting it in the net. Uh, <laughs> but before we do any of that, Mo, we do, of course, need to get to yesterday's results. Today's schedule, Rundown. This is the Rundown. Short slate of girls' high school basketball games on Wednesday night. Clarksville defeated Beach. This one went to the wire, literally. 67-65, the Lady Wildcats with the win there. Rossview defeated Clarksville Northwest, 49-25, and it was Springfield 44, Gallatin 38. On the boys' side, Beach defeated Clarksville 72-41. Rossview defeated Clarksville Northwest 67-63, and it was Gallatin with a 56-37 win over Springfield. Men's college basketball action on Wednesday night. Middle Tennessee State with a much-needed 84-47 win over Division II Reinhardt out of Georgia. In the association, the Grizzlies struggling again. Well, they're at home. They haven't yeah. won much there. Yeah, well, and they didn't win last night. Falling to the Raptors, 116-111. Tonight's basketball action on the high school level. Innsworth is at Brentwood Academy, 6 o'clock. These are all double headers with 6 o'clock tips. 
Nashville Christian is at Clarksville Academy. Mount Pleasant is at Eagleville. Ezel Harding welcomes Davidson Academy. Dixon County goes to Fairview. Lipscomb Academy is at Father Ryan. Friendship Christian welcomes Donaldson Christian. Rockville goes to Lawrence County. Spring Hill at home against Giles County. Murfreesboro Central will be at Sycamore. And Zion Christian hosts Riverside Christian. In girls only action, Pope Prep will be at Harpeth Hall at 530. St. Cecilia Academy will be at Christ Presbyterian at 6. And in boys only action, Pope Prep will be at Montgomery Bell Academy because it's boys only school and St. Harpeth Hall is the girls only school. And so that's good scheduling. That that is good scheduling, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure um, Coach Wade will be ready to get out of here and get headed in that direction. Right. Traffic being what it is, um, college basketball doubleheaders today. This, Talk about good scheduling, no doubt. This is at the Virgin Islands. That's a four o'clock start for the women here, six o'clock for the men. Um, Tennessee State plays at University of Southern Illinois. Southern Indiana. There we go. The Screaming Eagles. It's five o'clock start for the women, seven thirty for the men. Both those can be seen on ESPN Plus. At five thirty, the Ashland women play at Trebekah. That's followed by a men's contest between those two. Men's basketball at five thirty today. You can see it on ESPN Plus. Austin P is at Bellarmine at six on ESPN Plus. Lipscomb is at Eastern Kentucky. Women's basketball, 6 o'clock, ESPN Plus. Bellarmine's at Austin P. Also, Eastern Kentucky's at Lipscomb. Vanderbilt opens SEC play at the hump against Mississippi State. 6.30 start on ESPN Plus. Also at 6.30 on ESPN Plus, Illinois State is at Belmont. Tennessee is at Auburn at 7 o'clock on ESPN Plus. And on the ice tonight, the Flames of Calgary will be at Bridgestone Arena taking on the Predators. That's a 7 o'clock start on Valley Sports South, and that is your rundown. Yeah, absolutely. Come on in. We, our top story is brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly here in Columbia. Neely's Mill Shopping Center. Make sure to go by and get your fresh hand-cut meats or, of course, You've got their great deli lunch specials, meat, vegetables, cobblers, whatever you want. They'll put it together in a very reasonable price. So that's always, always good. And, of course, they've got the great produce as well. It's all cost plus 10 at the register. Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Today's top story, Mo, is joining us on the set. Hey, yes, it is. And, and we've never had to deal with a bun so the, the headset is not really being very nice to um, co-owner and chief operating officer of Swishworks, Cassie Whitworth. But um, she's she's doing the best she can with it. Cassie, we appreciate you taking a second with us. Good afternoon. Thank you guys for, well, there you go. So, let's say, thank you guys for uh, coming out and spending some time with us today. Absolutely. Tell us, tell us about Swishworks. Yeah, so this is our... Uh, basketball training facility. Um, it's 10,000 square feet state-of-the-art facility that allows us to uh, get members in here, help them out with their shot, help them out with their ball handling, um, get some confidence and have all of their uh, stats and all their progress and release and everything. So, You know, there are a lot of places where you can get up shots 
there are a lot of places that that have technology you guys kind of have both yeah that that was our goal you know just have kids be able to struggle with this see if i can get over there, the there. there all right <laughs> maybe the play uh, yeah maybe here is that as far as it goes I think so. Oh, well, I think our guests uh, usually have bigger heads than Cassie. Yeah, <laughs> that so, works right there. there. Okay. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Um, so, yeah, so technology and just getting up shots. You know, there's a lot of rec centers and, and gyms you can go to to just get shots up, but this technology will play back your shot. Um, it'll, it allows you to export it to a coach, to a trainer, or for yourself just to be able to see. So being able to see it makes a difference. Um, I'm a visual learner, so to be able just to see it, I mean, put some training tips to action. I think that's kind of, as we were talking to Tony earlier, I think that's kind of what reverberated with me. The fact that you can take the feedback from this and take it to someone and say, here's what I'm doing. What can I do better? And and have somebody kind of walk you through that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm I'm a trainer myself, so I can't be everywhere at one time. So it's important for trainers to be able to have the capability. Everything's stored to the profile, so even if they can't be here and it can't be exported, if they have the app, they can go through and, and see what needs to be changed. And if they're a member, they have the app. Right? Yep, yep, correct. Well, and, and that's one of the cool things about what you guys do is it's on demand at all times, no matter where you are. If, if you need to, if you're on vacation and you want to go find a gym somewhere, you can do that. You can learn, you know, okay, this is what I did last time, so now I know where I'm at in my workout. Now I know where I'm at and, and how I need to update my shot or whatever. It's just it's, having that information available you, to you at all times, it just seems like maybe it's overkill, but I would have killed for that when I was playing, you know? There, there's many people that come in here, coaches, parents, that are like, if I had this when I was a kid, it would have changed who I was as a player. Sure. Yeah. And the, one of the reasons is what I you know, I mentioned this earlier is it gives you a goal, not only against yourself, but against other individuals. And you can see where, where you know, your fellow peers are. Right. And you're working toward getting that many shots up or having a better percentage from a certain part of the floor in the video game world that I grew up in, that was the goal. Right. And so this gives you that goal in a real life scenario. Yes. And you know, everyone's competitive in some way, me probably a little bit more than others, but you know, we've got some siblings that come in here and just teammates that you walk in and on our, our TV is a leaderboard. So right away you can see who's had all time or this week or just today, whether you've had, there's some kids up there that have 7,000, 8,000 shots made. So it's some motivation to be able to get more shots up if you see that. So Which you walk impressive. in and it's like, let, this, let the trash talk in the game. Uh, basically, right? basically, that's what we want. <laughs> 8,000 shots made in five weeks is a lot of shots. It's, it's, and that's the cool thing about the, uh, the shooting machine is that another put to your point, if, if you had it when you were younger, you know, it's, it takes you two hours to make 150, 200 shots because you're constantly chasing after a rebound if you don't have a rebounder for you. Right. But this, we have kids that come in here 20, 30 minutes and they've already got 250, 300 shots up. And the muscle memory that you can create with that, I would imagine, is, is pretty 
pretty important. But as a coaching friend of mine once corrected me when I said practice makes perfect, he's like, no, perfect practice makes perfect. And, and that makes all sorts of sense because, I mean, if you're shooting it wrong, that muscle memory is teaching you how to shoot it wrong. Right. So so that's that's kind of the key as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, them being able, that's another thing with the visual, them being able to see it. It's just your release, your where your hand is, if you're leaning, whatever it may be, why you're missing. But And then the, the net, we, there's capability to higher and lower it. So for some of our younger athletes, they can't get it over the net yet. It's okay. We can still make it work. So perfect, perfect practice makes perfect. That's right. That, that was one of the things that I was wondering about with the gun there because I, I, I'm not sure I could get it over <laughs> the net at this point, you know, shoulders and that kind of thing. But um, I'm not who this is designed right. for. Me, so. <laughs> but th- that being said, you know, it, this is designed for really any age. You, you can, you could be right. you know, a, a really young kid or even someone who just plays church league basketball. And maybe yep. you just want to get better at basketball. Yeah. It's, you know, we, we've got anywhere from second grade and up, you know, it's obviously we're trying to help out middle schools and high schools in the area and all the kids in the area, but we have, some teachers and coaches that come in here if they're in a men's league and they're just trying to get a leg up you know it's anything better than a kid I guess sitting on a video game and just getting them active and getting them in the gym Uh, being in the gym is the most important thing you can do yeah so you know you're a former high school coach what what would something like this have done to help your teams over the years is that why you maybe are a part of this? You know, for me, I've I've coached kind of all levels. I coach AAU and high school and middle school and everything. But it's, you know, it, it's a nice environment and it's fun. And that's half the battle is for these kids to have fun. Girls, boys, it doesn't matter. Just getting them in the gym, giving them a little bit of motivation to come in here. Um, you know, I, I wish that as I was a high school coach, if I had the time to just throw them in here and say, hey, you know, make 200 shots. Uh, make a hundred shots and have them compete, but just give up, just get them in the gym. That's a lot of times I, I think I struggled as a high school coach to understand why kids didn't want to get in the gym just because when I played, that's what we did. But you know, it's yeah, I don't, the, the number of other options these days is just limited. Yeah. Yeah. And so having fun is the key part. I think that's what you touched on. That, and that is the main thing. Yeah. Is if we're not having, if it feels like work, yeah, kids aren't going to do no. it. No. And, and so I love, it's not just the shots though. These, these little stations. workstations yeah. over here yeah. with the, the dribbling and ball handling, that is an incredible feature because I mean, to me, I, we had cones and chairs. Yeah. Like yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. how we learned to, to cross over and that, this you can watch every single intricate detail of your of your game and improve upon it day by day. Right. And not have to have somebody else tell you. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. How cool is that? It's uh I I personally love it, you know, the the interactive side of it. There's a lot of things, whether it's the agility, the ball handling, the conditioning in these skill stations that they it just allows members and athletes to have, again, have fun with it. You know, there's another competition level. You can beat the NBA defender on here. There's different games that you can do, but it pushes you a little harder, and that's what we want. 
Cassie Whitworth, co-owner and chief operating officer of Swishworks, joining us here on Main Street Sports today. And Cassie, this is something that isn't anywhere else in Middle Tennessee, is that right? It's, it's not. So, and to kind of be out on the front end, the cutting edge of something like this in the area, I would imagine is a pretty big deal for you. Yeah, it's it's exciting. You know, obviously it was a process kind of getting it up and running, but now that we're here and we're getting people in the gym and, you know, it's it's a good place to be. And clearly getting pretty good feedback. Yeah, we, we have. Um, so we've, we've been here day after Thanksgiving was our first day. So uh, we've been blessed with getting a lot of people in here and, you know, making some connections and, you know, just just having fun with it. Cassie, we have a question from Australia. Yeah. Uh, our friend Ian, okay. who, who joins us uh, occasionally, says that Lauren Jackson's recent performance in the World Cup at age 42 was amazing. Do you believe that she's one of the greatest women's basketball players we've ever seen? I, I think you have to. At 42? I, I, at 42, all time. I mean, my like, God. Her, her career. Yes, she did? Holy yeah, crap. Yeah. You know, I'm – I'm a fan. I like Lauren Jackson. I like what she did. Um, I'm, I'm biased. I'm a Candace Parker fan. So okay. we, we are too. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, tough, it's tough to not be. A yeah, fan. Right, yeah, right. Right. I mean, where where we live, it's it's understandable. He's gonna be uh, Ian's gonna be a little bit biased toward Lauren. He's, right. He's okay. Australian. There you go. But we're Tennesseans and we like Candace Parker. I kind of think there's room for both. <laughs> there, there is, in fact. Oh, Cassie, thank you so much for allowing us to be here for yeah. one. We, we have had such a good time and I've not gotten any shots. I'm not going to try. Come uh, on. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. But I will say this has been a lot of fun to watch and I'm really curious to see how this grows here in Sumner County. It's, it's a really, it's a hotbed for, for basketball, I think. And, and growing area. My goodness, this place is ridiculous. So if you guys are here at a great time and you guys have a fantastic venue. Yeah, I appreciate you guys coming out again. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. We'll take a break. When we come back, Coach's Corner and more right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao, Mo Patton. Coming to you live from the Mobile League Company studio at Swishworks here in Hendersonville. Man, what a great host and what a great facility. Looking forward to learning more about them as their journey continues. But, Mo, this is the day we learn. We're going to learn a little bit about Pope Prep Boys Basketball because on Coach's Corner we have Pope Prep Coach Charles Wade joining us. And, Coach, thanks for taking time with us. Thanks for having me, Chris yeah. and Mo. Um, really excited to be here. Well, we are really excited to have you, Coach, because I'm going to tell you, I've, um, I was talking to the voice, Carrie Malone, last week down at Page. And, um, he was doing PA for the Music City Hoop Fest, and just up out of nowhere, he says, have you seen Pope Prep? No, I have And he's like, they might be the best team in Middle Tennessee, regardless of classification. And Kerry's seen a lot of basketball. And so I'm, I'm especially excited to to hear about potentially the best team in Middle regardless, <laughs> regardless of classification. The Knights 12 and 2 going into tonight's D2 AAA region opener at Montgomery Bell Academy. Um, and from what I understand, kind of starts with Trey Pearson and Fred Bailey for you guys, but certainly doesn't stop there. No, uh, two tremendous guards. Uh, 
when you talk about two of the better guards in the state, uh, there's no doubt that Fred Bailey and Trey Pearson fit the bill. Uh, Fred's more of a scorer. Trey is more of a facilitator, becoming a better scorer. They both were really good defensively. Um, they both uh, have the capability of getting a triple-double any any time we set foot on the floor. But then we're deep. We got senior Antonio Wilkinson, who's having a tremendous year, almost averaging a double-double, 12-7. and seven. Uh, Camden Day is a junior. Uh, he's right around 9-7 and seven himself. And then Jerron Talley, who's a do-it-all type of kid who's uh, who guards the best perimeter player every night. But he also can – he's kind of sacrificing his scoring um, because of Fred and Antonio and Camden. But he does a little bit of everything. And then we got young Osby Caven coming off the bench who's who's going to uh, make some waves in the state also. And um, we're really deep. Uh, it's, it's a fun group to coach. Sounds like. Yes. Understandably. Yes. So. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, again, 12-2 and two just came back from um, – winning the championship of the um, Fort Walton Beach blowout. Um, beat three teams, all out-of-state teams, all by at least 17 points. Um, you had fun on the beach, huh? We did. Uh, it, it was it was a – it was hopefully get down there and, and get back to ourselves. We played one here before Christmas at Seagull, and we didn't – play our best basketball but a lot of that had to do with Seagull. They they uh they were they were ready and and um they gave us a good game. They have a tremendous point guard there and um we 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 dropped one and we, it was interesting going to Florida because we had to wait a week before we could get back on the court which is not you know the usual for basketball but first night we kind of drove down there and played the same night and we didn't shoot as well the first night and we actually didn't pull away until like Three or four minutes left in that game. It was it was a Jerron Talley show. He guarded their six five guard who averaged over twenty five a game. But he he hit three big threes to kind of push us out, and it went from four to twenty in like a two minute um, span. So we 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 started to play like ourselves going into the semifinals against the Jag Alabama team who had two legit D1 kids. They had a 6A kid that's got five or six D1 offers. And then they had a point guard who's had an Alabama State offer right now, but has other interests. And he could he could fill it up also. He'd uh, been back for two games and was averaging about 27 a game. Uh, we, we played our best basketball that second night. We knew kind of if we won that one, that was really the one that was going to solidify the championship. I'm always fascinated when you go to these out-of-state tournaments and you're facing unfamiliar competition, not a whole lot of scouting reports, I don't guess. I mean, I guess you can, with with technology being what it is, you can dig up a little stuff, but I don't know how much you have at your disposal before you actually step on the floor. How much, you know, recon are you able to do and how much shifting on the fly are you having? Well, with the advent of huddle and the exchange of video, we were able, we, we got tape on Crestview before we got down there. We got two games on them. Um, so we kind of knew what we were, were, what to expect. And then we got a tape each on JAG and uh, uh, DACLA, Georgia, just so we kind of know, you know, a little bit about them. But I also have an assistant coach 
who's a rising star that just loves to be in the gym. So he went down early and watched the Jag Dakla game and got us a little intel there. And uh, and we, we he felt like you know if we played well we we'd be would be okay. And and we we watched film in the room before we went over to the gym. So the boys got to see him a little bit. So it, it wasn't totally a shock to them when they stepped on the floor. Coach, um, you finished last year on a bit of a skid. This team did eleven yes. straight losses. Yep. What's I'm different? I'm sure he appreciates well, you reminding them. Well, of that. what's different about this team that you can come back from eleven straight losses, take that into the off season? What motive? Obviously, no motivation needed. Yeah. But what did you see from this team in the off season that led them to this point? Well, I could tell you they. This was a group. I would say after a day after the season ended, they were ready. They were getting back <laughs> in the gym. Um, I have a bunch of gym rats. Um, we took it personally. They took it personally. We knew we were more talented than eleven. We lost. We were a little bit of an immature team that you know just just didn't gel the right way. Uh, our region's super tough, and if you're not focused and ready to go every night. That's what's going to happen to you, and we're we're going into the night knowing if we're not focused and and ready to play, it'll be twelve in a row in region. So that that <laughs> that that hangs on us. But I I I can I would put money on it and say we're not going to lose eleven in a row again this year. The team's a lot more mature, a lot more focused. Uh, they're we're, we're we're getting you know better leadership from within the locker room. So things like that is uh, it took a year of, of those wars for us to understand what it takes to be successful in this region. Here's the thing. I'm looking at your region schedule and you've only got one non-region game the rest of the way. Yes. But you can be a good basketball team in this region and lose 11 strikes. And that's that was us last year. We were thirteen and three going into region play. We won our first region game on a buzzer beater, mind you, and <laughs> lost and lost the rest. So that's just uh well no, we didn't lose the rest. We lost uh the next one, then we beat Innsworth, then we lost the, the eleven in a row. Yes, the rest. So it it is a region if you if you don't come ready to play every night every night and focus, then you you were gonna get knocked off, and I, I and I think our guys got a good reminder of that with Siegel. Like we we were on a long break, we came in, didn't look like we were really wanting to play, was mentally there, and it's just like our reason. If that happens, you're, you're going you're gonna lose. Yeah, you can't you can't skate through a game in this. No, region. no, you can't no. just show up. No, no because <laughs> after going to NBA tonight, you've got Brentwood Academy at your place on Saturday. Yes, and Mr. Tyler Tanner. <laughs> and, and the, yeah, Mr. Tyler Tanner, yes. Vanderbilt signee yes. Tyler Tanner. Yep. You've got Father Ryan coming to your place on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, you go to Ensworth next Friday. Yep. Then you follow up Saturday against Hillsborough at NBA. That's yep. the, the one non-region. Yeah. And then Lipscomb and CPA, and then yeah. it starts all the over again. Cycle. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's there's no rest for the weary. No, but it's it's uh it's a region. If you come out of it and you come out of it in the top two or three, then you know you're prepared to play against anybody, anybody, anybody in the state, and you and you can make that run. And that's and that's the goal. You know, we're 
if we stay healthy, I think we got as good a chance as anybody. And all you want to do is not lose 11 straight. I mean, yes. not, not win yes. 11 straight. Yes. You're not going to get that crazy, but yes. just just kind of keep yourself in the hunt, I would think. I think that that was the lesson from last year. We, we got a good lesson. I think our guys understand now that uh, we, we have to be prepared uh, to go to battle. Um, and we lost 11 in a row, but I could probably tell you nine of the, or 10 of those games were within three or four points with a minute or two to go. So it's just, just that little bit of difference of hopefully what a year would make. But I think what the competition we faced this summer um, really got us prepared for, for this region and, five, and preseason. Five of those losses were about five points. Away. Yes. Yep. Well, and, and, and I mean, that can happen to anybody, but yeah, yeah you know, you have to you have to have guys who, like you said, you got you guys are deep. You've got you've got scores. Yes. And having multiple scores makes a big difference. Now, of course, Fred goes down, wins MVP, averaging over 20 points a game down there. You guys beat everybody's brains in down there. But you know, he's signed with Trebeka. That there's he's he's done. He's yeah. signed. He's he's good to go. It takes a little bit off of him. Yes. You know, there's no recruiting hanging over. No, no trying to prove yourself. I've already you know got it on the dotted line. Yeah. How 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 much of a of a factor is that? And you know, and having guys who they can go to Fred. They know that when we need something, Fred's got us. I, I think you can see the difference in Fred between last year when the pressure was on to try to attract some college attention into this year. He, he plays a little bit more freer uh, this year. He's an intense guy. Like when he steps on the court, Fred transforms. But it, it, it rubs off on the other guys, um, that intensity in which he plays. And um, uh, like I said, he's a ferocious scorer, but he does so much more for, for our basketball team. And for future, your your alma mater, who is that? Uh, I I thoroughly enjoy it. Coach Carroll's doing an amazing <laughs> yeah, we, job. We had him on a couple at, weeks ago. He's fantastic. Yes, and he's a fantastic guy. He's it's it's going Fred's best basketballs in front of him. Um, he's going into a great culture, and I I I'm glad to too. I got more reason to go back and watch my alma mater, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm proud of Fred, and I'm proud of Trebecca for giving him that opportunity. Trey is a sophomore. Trey is a sophomore. Uh, Ron is a sophomore. Osby is a sophomore. So Pope's best basketball may be in front of them. Yes. <laughs> and we got a little. We got a guy that's a freshman that keep your eye on him. His name's Anthony Wiggins. He 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 might be one of the better players that have come through our program, and that's that's saying a lot with Fred Bailey and Trey Pierce and Ron and Osby already being there. But Anthony's next in line. So look out for the night. It's nighttime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, man, we we really appreciate you coming over here. I know it's it's not too far. It's just a hop, no, skip, and jump I'm over here. But, uh, but it, this facility here, Swish Works. Uh, you guys come over here and take advantage of this yet? Actually, the varsity team have not even invited. Uh, we got to find a time that we're we were kind of in between getting ready for tournament, but, but he, this, is, yes. this is a huge benefit in your yes, community. Yes, yes, it is. This is an amazing facility. He, he just showed me how the kind of the technology and the, the gamification works. Um, I know some of my players will eat it up. I already got one that's coming here quite a bit. So there you go. Yeah. Well, it's only going to get better. 
for Pope Prep basketball. And tonight, again, at Montgomery Bell Academy, 7 o'clock tip. Is that correct? Yes, 7, 7 o'clock. o'clock tip. And if you've not seen a game at Montgomery Bell Academy, you should definitely get a chance to go over there. It is a phenomenal facility. I'm not sure if all the construction's done and you can actually go to the gym directly directly <laughs> now hopefully you can because it was a really tough time the last time i was over there but it is a really cool facility and, and they play great basketball in that in that region as you well know so we appreciate it again and good luck tonight and uh, in the future well thank you chris and mo for having me and anytime you need me to come on be glad to sounds good hey tell right. mac i said hey i will okay i'll do that all right all right thank you guys hey let's hand out some hardware oh yeah we do need to hand out some hardware you you go, go ahead. ahead. You're You're perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, Coach. Uh, we've got the Win Life Team of the Week, Mo, presented by Custom Stonehandlers. The Win Life Team of the Week did not lose a game last week. Um, that seems good. It does seem good. It's a good start, especially, you know, you know, when you host your own tournament, it's – kind of good so to be able to win it you say that okay mm-hmm. and we just got through talking about the fort walton tournament mm-hmm. um fort <laughs> fort walton beach held their tournament and, and they went they went one and three <laughs> that's bad planning <laughs> I'm just well, saying, at least they went one and three. They didn't go zero and four. So they, they, yeah, they did. They they just win the round the round two game in the in the consolation. And you you got to beat somebody in your tournament, don't you? But yeah, so to win your own tournament is always a positive. Right, and and Chad Hall and the Richland Lady Raiders did just that last week. They defeated Hickman County fifty to thirty two. They defeated Laverne forty nine nineteen, and they defeated Clements of Alabama. Not to be confused with James Clemens. Right. Two different schools. I made that mistake at some point previously. Clements, Clemens actually defeated Clements 51-35 in the championship game. So the Lady Raiders of Richland are our end-to-win life team of the week. Always good. Um, we can mention last week's MTBJ player of the week, but I did not put her, her graphic up. For whatever reason, but things happen. Yeah. Um, Summertown's Olivia Riggs. Olivia with an A. Uh, Olivia, not old Olivia. Olivia Riggs, 19 points in three Summertown victories, 16 of 30 from behind the arc in those three victories. That is above 50% for those of you who are mathematically challenged. There we go. Um, <laughs> and the Lady Eagles won all three of their games at the Loretto Christmas Classic, so congratulations to Olivia, Olivia and the Lady Eagles. And this week's goes to Columbia Academy, Jeremy Jackson. Columbia Academy Junior, Jeremy Jackson Jr. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Triple J. Yeah, average a tri- uh, double double, almost a triple double. Average sixteen points and thirteen rebounds and almost six assists. Uh, CA went three and one last week and finished fifth at the FNB Bank Classic at Denton, Kentucky. And then he had another double double, twenty five and ten. 
a couple nights ago in their win over Webb, which didn't count toward this, but continues his season-long tear. It's going to be one to watch all year. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, Braves chatter. And so, Ian, we'll get to your question. This question here, we'll get to it in, uh, in a later segment when we talk a little bit about rapid-fire reaction. Got a lot to get to. So, stick with us here. Braves chatter. Titans still to come. Much, much more on Main Street Sports Today. Super. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton, and we are live from the Mobile Lee Company studio here in Hendersonville at Swishworks, one of the most unique 
places that I've ever seen for basketball training and very, very cool spot. Yeah, I think they've really hit on something here. No doubt. And they have great water. It is high-quality H2O. It is high-quality H2O. Um, the way that we've been dealing with voice issues the last week or so, it's it's always good to have some high-quality H2O. Mm. So. Let's get into some Braves chatter, eh? Hey. Hey. Yeah. hey. As the Atlanta Braves have... We feel like, at this point, solidified its 2024 pitching set. I believe so. I think they're done. Yeah. I, um, uh, it's hard to say if Alex has done it. Just because you, you, you never know. I mean, as if something else comes up where he feels like he can better the roster, now, I don't know what else could come up at this point where he could feel like he could better the roster. So Here's why I think he's done. All right. <laughs> Let's say estimations-ish. They're about $7 million AAV away from the third okay. threshold. Mm. I think they're done. So and that makes sense. It does. This this trade is awfully interesting mm-hmm. to say the least. Well, the trade and the extension. The extension, I understand. The extension. So the reason they extended him and the reason that they, so let's, they got some money along with him. They got seventeen million. Mm-hmm. So here's what's here's what is happening. Mm-hmm. They're going to pay him negative $1 million in 2024, basically, Mm -hmm. with this extension. They now have an extra year of team control. Right. With the extension. And an option. With the option. Mm -hmm. So they had an option for 25. They now have the option for For 26. So they have one extra year with this additional option. Mm -hmm. They saved $3.7 million in the luxury tax for this year. They increase 2025 only by 1.6 million, and then they get the deferred money off their books. So they're not going to be paying him in 39 and 40 like like the the original contract was set up. Okay. So the Braves in this Liberty Media ownership. They don't want to pay anybody past the year they're paying their their play. They don't like deferred money. Most people don't. And so, I mean, I guess teams push it off so that it's not on that specific year, but it it kind of feels kind of messy to me. I mean, why pay players that aren't playing? Well, and and the problem becomes that you, you have to pay the players who are on your team and the players and the player. But so now your luxury tax is you're you're hitting your luxury tax Mm -hmm. without having a good team. Right. And you don't want to do you're hitting your luxury tax without really getting anything out of it without getting the players. Yeah. (laughs) So there you go. Yeah. So you can't be doing that. 
and be successful long term. Now, if if your goal is to win a World Series within the next three years and do it by God at bust, then then go ahead, San Diego. Go ahead, San Diego, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Where it didn't work out great for the Padres, the mm-hmm. Dodgers. But that's that's what this means. And so this is a huge deal. And of course, he did, of course, agree to donate one percent to the Atlanta Braves Foundation. I don't think anyone has not. I think it's part one, I think it's part of the if you're gonna sign with us, you have to do this. And two, the tax benefits out are worth it anyway. So why would you not? But anyway. I, I feel like this is this rotation has the capability of being the best one through five rotation we've ever had in Atlanta. And that is a feat to say the least. Yep. But all five players are all-stars at one point. All five pitchers. That's Reed, Strider, Morton, Elder, Sale. Yep. Yeah. And who knows if Bryce Elder is even going to be the five? Could be Smith Shawford. Could be Lopez. Could be. No, I don't. I think I think Lopez is now a reliever for sure. Which is with, with the trade. scary if you're an opponent of the break. Well, uh, it's, it's kind of like you said a few weeks ago, though. I think with this move, and if Lopez is in the bullpen, you have just get You have snicker proofed the bullpen, and just because there are no bad options down there. No, not one. There's even Brian Snifter can't screw this up. You can't punt a game. No. With this bullpen. Because there is no there's no victory cigar down there for the other team. Sorry. Not mad about it. We're all we're, we're all throwing I mean the night shift is everybody that's out there. And here's <laughs> here's the really good part about having this bullpen is Charlie Morton and Chris Sale aren't going to be asked to give you seven innings every five minutes. We don't need them to pitch 180 innings. We need them to pitch 120 innings. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that they're done after five. Not necessarily, but I think you have to be very – you have to be vigilant about their pitch count. You have to be vigilant about their pitch count. You also have to be vigilant about the bullpen. Sure. I mean, you don't want to, which, I mean, again, if we've got eight guys down there, you know, you're not, you can't use eight guys in every night. Every yeah. night. So that's, that's always good. But it, it, it just gives, it gives them a little bit of length. I guess my thing is if Morton or Sale are rolling, let them roll. I, it Be really ready. Just, it really just depends to me on what part of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're in August or September, absolutely. You know, where we've built them up to to not get injured, sure. Mm-hmm. If 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 it's April or May, oh no no no, and they're, they're eighty five ninety pitches at, at, in the fifth inning, 
Gotta go. Done. <laughs> Done. Punch out. Go we're, home. We're not. We're we're not going. But that's the best part about this bullpen is we don't have to. All right. You just get me five, maybe six, and we're good. And we're good to go. to go. We're good. Yeah. Oh, if you get me six, we're golden. Yeah. We if we all we if we only got to cover three innings of the bullpen, and we got to leave. Say you. Say less. Yeah. Say less. <laughs> now, here's the one thing that we've not talked about, Chris. Who's gone? Who's gone? Vaughn Grissom is the gone. player traded in exchange for Chris Sale. And I hate it. I think it was here's what's here's what I don't I don't know. I don't know if Vaughn Grissom was ever gonna be an everyday shortstop in this organization. I need somebody to tell me why he was such a bad option at shortstop. Somebody knows what they're talking about. Not Twitter country. I, I need somebody. I'm trying to get Grant McCauley on for next week. And if that's not one of the first questions that's asked, it will be asked before he leaves. <laughs> because I need to know why he wasn't an option at shortstop. The Braves organization clearly didn't think he was an option at shortstop because he didn't even play it last year. He played second base. He played some shortstop. He played some, but he wasn't their everyday shortstop. If he was going to be the Braves' everyday shortstop, he would have been Gwinnett's everyday shortstop, right? I mean, that's fair. You, you don't go to AAA and play second base if you're going to play, to play shortstop, shortstop in the majors. majors. You're just not going to do that. So the Braves clearly didn't think that he was an option. And once Kellenick came in at left field, it was pretty much a given that Vaughn Grissom, based on the Braves' moves had no place in this organization. And that's not a knock on Von Grissom as much as it's a testament to what Alex Anthopoulos has built in Atlanta. My concern... Okay, so Von Grissom played 31 games at second base. He DH'd one game. And he played 73 games at shortstop at Gwinnett last year. All right. So two-thirds of the games at shortstop. All right? Yeah. My concern is once the current shortstop in Atlanta, is he capable of being there for the next five, seven years? And I, I, based on this trade, I would tell you that they, they feel like he is. Or that there's somebody else coming or, up. Yeah. Or they've either got somebody else coming up or they feel like there's a shortstop in free agency over the next couple of years. That they can get. That they can get because they don't have to get anybody else. I just, I feel like, and I think Anthopolis even said as much, the bat is ready. Sure. And I guess they just didn't feel like there was a place defensively for him. I just, I hope he goes and kills it in Boston. Which is where he hit his first major league home run, by the way. So I'm sure that if he had to be traded somewhere, he feels pretty good about that being your place. 
I don't know what this is going to look like in two years. But <laughs> but the fact is the Braves needed a they needed a guy. Yeah. They needed a pitcher. They needed Vaughn Grissom was their best chip. And it just so happened that the next two years Vaughn Grissom wasn't going to be playing major league baseball. Not in like Atlanta. not not at shortstop for or, sure. Uh, and... Maybe at DH. But why are you going to play a 22-year-old Well, I mean, you know, at the time that Kellenic was was acquired, the idea was that they might split time and left. And maybe they just feel like Kellenic, if he is playing to his capabilities, is an everyday guy, and they have enough other guys in the outfield to give him a day. Here's what you do have to have. We need another outfielder because we don't have any we don't have anybody to back up anybody okay so we gotta have an outfielder on the team somewhere i guess unless ozuna is your backup you gotta have an outfield so <laughs> my point stands mm-hmm. okay and then we don't have a utility guy in the infield um both positions that Vaughn Grissom could have filled. And uh, you weren't going to, again, you weren't going to play a 22-year-old as a, as a utility infield. He needs to play. Yeah. Um, I think your guy from the Angels is going to wind up being the utility right. infield. David, David Fletcher? Yeah, Fletcher. Yeah. So. A little expensive. But that's it. But, yeah. So you're telling me all we need to sell now is a, is a backup outfit. Forrest Wall is still on the 40-minute. He is he is an available option, but I feel like he needs to play too. Probably does. I would I would venture to say that there is one or two guys out there. Kevin Pillar. Is he not signed yet? I don't think so. I think he's still out there. You know who else hasn't signed? Eddie Rosario. 20 homer gold glove finalist, Eddie Rosario. The gold glove finalist is what would blow a lot of folks' <laughs> mind, actually. But um, I think whoever that fourth outfielder is needs to be able to play all three positions. I don't know if you want Eddie playing anything other Center than field? left. <laughs> right. How about Adam Duvall? Um, Duvall's out there. I certainly would not have an issue with Adam Duvall coming back. Um, I don't know if he's going to come back as a fourth outfielder. Well, I mean, Wouldn't have a problem with Jorge Soler coming back either. I don't think he's signed yet. But he, I don't know if he's a all three outfield position player either. Duvall, but I'm going to tell you, those are pretty good problems to have as you sit here on January 4th. Duvall's a free agent. Yeah. As is so, which I think, uh, you know, and oh, what did I tell you the number was earlier? Seven. What was Adam Duvall's salary in 2023? Seven. <laughs> there you go. Hey, do the math. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Just saying. So. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Terry McCormick joins us to talk a little Titans. So stick around here on Main Street Sports today. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in. We are back live on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Time now for our Daily Titans update from Terry McCormick. What's up, Terry? How you doing, guys? It is the Daily Titans update, and it's sponsored, by, as always, by Zen Sports. Got a chance to talk to Derek Henry today. He did his weekly media session, and certainly uh, a little bit more reflective version of Derek Henry today. Uh, named to the Pro Bowl yesterday. Uh, for the fourth time in his career, and today was his 30th birthday, and he's about to be a free agent. So a lot of reflection there uh, for Derek as he goes into what could be his final game as a Titan on Sunday. Tough to hear, but the way this season has gone, you know, it, it might be for the best, feels like. Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like things are trending toward them turning the page on Derek, or and maybe it's Derek turning the page on them since they're in the uh, at the beginning of what looks to be a pretty serious rebuild. You know, if I'm Derek Henry and I know I've got two to three solid, strong years left of being a running back uh, in the National Football League, do you want to spend it on a team that's going to have a bunch of uh, – young guys around learning how to win. Now, you, there is value in having veterans there who know the way and can certainly uh, lend advice and leadership and, and those sorts of things. But then there's also the possibility, well, if I join the Kansas City Chiefs or the Baltimore Ravens or, you know, name whatever team you want that's at the top of the standings right now, I might have a chance to play for a Super Bowl. So the, all those things are things that have to be considered here. Uh, you know, to me, it just feels like that, you know, the, that this is an end of an era that the Titans, you know, are going to have to make a serious decision as to what they want this offense to look like going forward and whether that includes Derrick Henry. And even if it does include Derrick Henry, how much of a role would he have? You know, I, you know, he's one of, of only six backs this year, I believe it is, that's reached a thousand yards. The thousand-yard running back, which used to be pretty commonplace in the NFL, it's kind of gone the way of the 300 hitter in baseball. You know, it just just not a lot of them anymore. And you know, as the game changes, and you talk about the types of players that are coming out of college, how many college running backs are coming out right now that are 20, 25 carry guys, as opposed to more of the types that are you know catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, you know you know, have a little bit of breakaway speed here and there and uh, do the things that uh, the the spread offenses that are so prevalent in college, uh, you know, those sorts of things that are now having to be translated to the NFL because you can't coach what you don't have. It's interesting, and I, I don't know what we're going to see when it comes to Derrick Henry in the future. I hope I, – I would love to see him continue to be a Titan – 
certainly understand why he would want to leave. I do not understand why they would want him to leave. The Tennessee Titans would want him to leave. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Uh, what did you hear from Will Levis yesterday that you liked or didn't like? Well, he, he, he was very funny. And, you know, there are a lot of Vol fans on Twitter that took this the wrong way. But, you know, he was actually complimenting them, saying, you know, it was asked if there were some SEC fans that, uh, you know, didn't like him uh, being drafted by the Titans and, you know, held it against him that maybe he's won over. And he said, well, you know, some of them have it, some of them haven't. They said, hey, if you don't like me because – you're a Vols fan, then, you know, stay a Vols fan. It's fine, you know. And, you know, obviously it got misconstrued a little bit, but uh, certainly, you know, he's pretty quick-witted, pretty, uh, you know, willing to give out a quote or two that uh, can fill up a notebook. And uh, as far as his play, he was back on the practice field today uh, doing a few things uh, during the open part of practice that we saw. uh, But – it's still, I still think things may be trending toward them giving Ryan Tannehill the start on Sunday simply for the fact that why would you risk further injuring Will Levis behind this line in a game that doesn't mean a whole lot? Which is kind of where we were about three weeks ago, right? Yep. Before he got hurt. Yes. Before, again. Again. <laughs> That's all. Hey, I'm not yeah. saying. I'm just saying. There's also this. You can look at it this way, too. Uh, as a, kind of a side benefit. If you start Tannehill and you know, if you're the Titans and you know that you're moving on from Tannehill and you're moving on from Henry, why not start this game as a thank you to both of those guys for all they've accomplished here for helping get this franchise back on solid footing like it was at least at the beginning of both their tenures here? There is that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like senior night. Senior night. There you go. Start all the seniors. There you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about Zen Sports. The new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top-tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists 
and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. It is Thursday, which means we got Throwback Thursday, and we're gonna hashtag TBT. That's right. We're gonna throw it back to an interview that we did last week with Teddy Cahill on Oregon State, Washington State baseball. Very informative. So we'll send you to it now. really kind of on this pack two thing from August on and uh, but now we're kind of getting to get into a side of it that's been little discussed I yeah think, is you know the baseball aspect of it because Oregon State in particular is a national power baseball wise and so um to help us navigate navigate that's a good word for it to help us navigate what happens next for the pack two is baseball america's teddy cahill teddy appreciate you taking some time with us this afternoon hello yeah absolutely it's uh it's december but it's never too early to talk college baseball well and uh, it's particularly never too early i was writing something unrelated earlier this week about um our local junior college, Columbia State, and their schedule, their season opener is February 3rd. So the junior colleges, they don't, they don't waste any time. They don't, they really don't. So, um, so yeah, it, it's closer than you realize, but um, you know, the, the issue for, for Oregon State and Washington State isn't necessarily something that's going to be an issue for this upcoming season. But it's certainly going to be an issue going forward. What happens with the, the Beavers and the Cougars once everybody else leaves town? Yeah, like you said, this spring, not an issue. We still have Pac-12 baseball uh, as we've known it for more than a decade now. Uh, but then on July 1st, every you know, the other 10 teams go into their own uh, new conferences, leaving Oregon State and Washington State alone. And while there is resolution for literally every other sport that those two schools sponsor, we still don't have a resolution on baseball uh, for the, the the future. There are some options they're considering. Um, you know, they range from being independent to joining the WCC to potentially joining another conference there's been some talk about the big 12 
They could look at another conference just for baseball alone. Uh, so there's a lot on the table there. The clock is ticking, though. They have about four weeks left to make this decision. Uh, they have to let the WCC know whether they're in or not. Uh, and I guess if they say no to the WCC, there still is time after that. But they at least have um, a- about four week, three or four weeks now to, to let the WCC know whether they're in or out uh, for 2025. We talked a little bit about, Teddy, Oregon State in particular had had been mentioned with independent behind them. And the only current Division One independent baseball program I could find is Hartford, which went and they're not even independent anymore because that was a they're on their way to Division Two. So I think this year they're actually Division Two program. Not even like last year was kind of like half D one, but like not really. Uh, It's almost been it's been quite some time since there's been any serious program that tried independence. Dallas Baptist uh, joined a conference a little more than a decade ago, and they were the last significant program. And they're not like not to disparage what DBU is at all. But Oregon State has three national titles, you know, in the last 20 years. Uh, Dallas Baptist is is not that There, there hasn't been a school of Oregon State's caliber being independent since Miami uh, joined the Big East in all sports in 2004. That would be a heck of a challenge, especially being on the West Coast, I would think, wouldn't it? Yeah, the, the location definitely is a challenge here. The, the, there's a challenge period to it, uh, but the fact that we're talking about Corvallis and Pullman, Washington, uh, you know, these are two locations that are not in the middle of, of everything, you know, as it were. Uh, and so I do think that that it has to be considered that it's hard once conference play gets going, uh, particularly once it start, once we get into April and May, you know, very early on, some conferences are kind of staggered into when conference play begins. But certainly once you're into April and May, uh, nobody is... <laughs> Everyone's playing conference games, and there are a lot of conferences that have buys. You know, I know the SEC doesn't, but pretty much every other conference, uh, you know, has a bye week in their conference schedule. And so it's really a matter of finding out who is on that bye and how can you get them to agree to play you. But then both Oregon State and Washington State have this added problem of, well, they have to try and convince teams to come all the way to them. And that's a lot of travel. It's a significant expense. And uh, Oregon State and Washington State have guarantee money to help those teams out. But it's still a lot of travel uh, to get to to Corvallis or to Pullman. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for, and again, you know, you mentioned Miami, Dallas Baptist. Those worked because, you know, there are enough schools nearby. And if you have you ever seen the divide of of Division One programs east of the Mississippi versus west? It is insane. I've not seen it, but I think I can imagine it. It is absurd. So that's going to be the biggest question. Now that being said, how much of a how much does the WCC offer? 
Yeah, so I mean, really, that's the question here. It's, you know, not so much about like, who can they schedule? How can they schedule? They can put a schedule together. The question is, is that schedule a better platform? And like, let's just leave Washington State out of this for a minute, because they haven't been to regionals since 2010. Um, mm -hmm. their, their ideals are different than Oregon State's ideals, but they have hitched themselves together. So like Washington State is just going to go along with whatever Oregon State decides for baseball, I believe. So Oregon State has to be looking at this like, what is the best way to us hosting and failing hosting? What is the best way to getting an at-large bid? Um, you know, if you play in the WCC, you have access to their automatic bid, and that is a significant thing because you can always fall back on trying to, to win that in the conference tournament. Uh, the, the alternate, though, is that no team from the WCC has hosted in more than a decade. Uh, they've had two hosts ever in the 21st century, uh, and they've had two at-large teams in, uh, in something like the last decade. Um, so you're, you're looking at, uh, like, is that good enough? You put Oregon State and Washington State into the WCC, it becomes, and you eliminate the Pac-12, it becomes a top 10 conference in RPI, but you I don't think it becomes a top six or seven conference, and that's where the vast majority of the hosts of the at-large teams come from. And so that that really is the the question here: is that do you Oregon State think that you can host out of the WCC? It can be done. Gonzaga was in the mix in both 2021 and 2022. It fell short. Nobody in the WCC has hosted since San Diego in 2007. So like you're trying to overcome a fair bit of, of history here, but you'd also be in a bit of a bind as an independent. So, I mean, it really comes down to like, as an independent, they would have to find somewhere between 21 and 24 games that are typically Pac-12 games on their schedule and, and put them on their themselves. Is that, can they do that better than the games the WCC would guarantee them. That that is the the question that they're trying to answer right now. Teddy Cahill of Baseball America joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. And Terry, uh, Teddy, you you would be infinitely more familiar with the selection process and the bracketing process for the NCAA tournament than I am. But would they beat Oregon State? of the west coast conference or would they be oregon state once you get down to who's hosting and i mean would their conference affiliation necessarily be a hindrance for them once they get to that point so the committee likes to say that they don't look at conferences that they don't look at teams that way that they look at teams they don't look at who they're representing and you can believe them at their word or not <laughs> the <laughs> the issue here though is like even if you if you say like oh, i don't believe you like you're looking at conferences like that's fine but oregon state is not your typical WCC program, right? Like everyone is aware of what Oregon State is and has been as a baseball program. So like, I don't really think that that matters no matter how you view uh, whether you think the committee is or isn't looking at conference representation. The bigger issue is that the metrics you can't massage. They are what they are. 
And so if the WCC, which last year ranked 18th in conference RPI, which means it was bottom half of Division I baseball conferences, uh, that ultimately is going to eventually drag your own RPI down. And, you know, that that is what is harder to overcome than are you the WCC or are you the Pac-12? Uh, and, and that that. Again, that's a problem no matter what they do right now, basically, uh, in terms of WCC or independence, that that is what they're what they're fighting against the, the most. But I do think that to a certain extent, like I don't really buy the idea that con the, the committee gets overwhelmed by brand power. But I do think that it's completely impossible to put that to one side. And I think what Oregon State has done by winning these three national titles in the last 20 years is build up uh, some amount of, of margin for error and, and some amount of just like trust in the program uh, in the minds of everyone within college baseball on the selection committee and, and beyond. Do you feel like Teddy at this point that independent or West Coast Conference are ultimately the two options you know, Oregon State still has hope that they can find a third door, and they're hoping that that door would be the Big 12. Um, I don't know how realistic it is, because while I can see why Oregon State would want that, it's hard for me to understand what the Big 12 is really getting out of it. Uh, the Big 12 or any conference, like we, we can use the Big 12 as an example here, but like this is really true for just about any conference other than the WCC, which has gotten into an agreement with Oregon State and Washington State and is getting their basketball teams, which is super significant here, especially on the women's side. Uh, but there are actual ways to monetize the basketball stuff. Over, If they sign a two-year agreement with any conference beyond the WCC for their baseball programs, that conference is getting a great program in Oregon State. And that program like may very well mean that your flag goes to Omaha. And like the Big 12 doesn't need Oregon State to take them to Omaha, but like they would get maybe another Omaha program out of it. Uh, but you also get a lot of added travel, a lot of added cost, and maybe Oregon State and Washington State can make it financially feasible. Like they threw in money to the Mountain West when they uh, set up their scheduling arrangement with football. Maybe they do that for baseball, but I just, for most of these conferences, you're adding Oregon State and Washington State uh, without real means to recoup those costs or, or, or really capitalize on it for a short-term agreement, probably. I, it just, it's hard for me to see what other conferences would be getting out of them short of being able to say like, hey, we just improved our baseball product. The problem is that improved baseball product isn't going to lead to better media rights deals or, you know, the in basketball, if your teams play well, you get more money from the NCAA. That doesn't exist in baseball. So you would get a better baseball product, but baseball is really not at the top of most of these conferences priority lists. So it would take an outside the box move to add them by another conference and maybe there is a conference out there looking to do that looking to 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 get their their baseball brand pushed up by by virtue of doing this but i uh i i struggle a little bit with that one 
but I do know that there is some hope, uh, at least on the, the school's end, that they can find a way to make that make sense for a, a conference. Okay, so what I heard a little bit ago was that the WCC members probably don't care that Oregon State's going to come in and wipe the floor with them. I mean, because that's what, that's what it feels like. So the, I, I think the WCC members are looking at it in a different way. Like they aren't looking at this like, oh, it's about baseball. You know, they're looking at it like, oh, we just added a good basketball program and maybe we can get NCAA units off of that. And maybe we can keep Gonzaga happy because the basketball product is going to be improved. I, like the WCC actually does care about baseball. Uh, but no, I, I don't think that they would look at it like, oh, look, Oregon State just showed up and that means we're all playing for second place now. Like, and that's a problem for us. Like, I think they have enough other things going for them that, you know, they would they would welcome it and also potentially look at it as like, well, if Oregon State's here, our RPI, like it, it's not going to help Oregon State's RPI, but it'll help our RPI if we play them. And so then, you know, maybe that helps push us. Uh, from bubble out to bubble in, uh, yeah. if you're if you're that kind of program. Yeah, if you're if you're on the edge there, and you know you you go win two out of three in Corvallis or something, and you know, and then finish second in the conference tournament. Next thing you know, you're you know you're you're pushing the the, the NCAA tournament as an at large, and that would certainly be great for the West Coast Conference overall. So I, yeah, I think it's it's a really just fascinating situation that we find ourselves Hugely. in here. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon State and Washington State are, are are trying to incentivize programs to schedule them by offering them cameras from the Pac-12 network. <laughs> it's like, here, we got a camera you guys can have. I mean, like, I don't know, but it's it's fascinating. It really is. And what I mean, obviously we have a 30-day, that 30-day window has already started and whatnot. When do you expect to know for sure? Is it, will it be on that 30th day? Um, you know, I don't know if they'll take it right to the end. I would guess. And, and here's the other thing I'll say, like, I, I have questions about how firm that, that actually is. That, like, if these sure. two schools come to the WCC and say, like, hey, can we get two more weeks? Like, I don't know why the WCC would say, like, actually, we need an answer right now. <laughs> uh, you know, we're talking about baseball. Well, we're talking about like something that's happening a year from now. Like I, so I'll be, I'll be curious about that. I do think though that like the reason why that window is there clearly is because Oregon State and Washington State are trying to explore some things. Um, they signed that arrangement on Friday, which was like the 22nd, I guess. Like it's hard to imagine that anything has moved in the first like five days of that agreement. So uh, I, we're, we're I would expect it at the end of the 30 days, whether it comes on the 30th day or not. But I, I, I am not anticipating any news coming out in the first week of the new year. Gotcha. All right. Well, Teddy Cahill of Baseball America joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Teddy, thanks so much for taking time with us. We appreciate it. Uh, navigating this has been fun and weird and a lot of different things throughout the last six months. And it's not going to get any easier and or, any less weird or any less weird yeah. uh, over the next two years as Oregon State and Washington State obviously try to do whatever they're going to do whether it's rebuild the pack join the Mountain West or whatever so I'm sure we will talk to you again soon about this topic and hopefully others absolutely thanks a lot guys thanks Teddy
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, coming to you live from the Lee Company studio on the road at Swish Works here in Hendersonville. Great facility, helping young folks get better at the game of basketball, and that's always a good thing. Unfortunately, some teams in the Nashville collegiate ranks need to get better at basketball, too. <laughs> And so we're going to talk about some of those teams right now as we bring in proprietor of NashvilleHoops.blog, Joe Sullivan. Joe, what's up? Fellas, I, I have to know, is there going to be a little pickup game later with you two? One-on-one? No. On one no, no, no. We're I can tell you with all certainty there will not be. <laughs> For too many reasons, one of which, well, no. It's a heck of a thought. It was 20 years ago, maybe. Two two reasons, your left knee and your right knee. (laughs) uh, My shoulders, man, are I'm not sure I I can get it over the net at this point. (laughs) I'm really not. And and 
I, I embarrass myself enough as it is. So, um, where where is a good place to start, uh, Joe, on Nashville? How about Hoops? my bisons? Your bisons. Well, your bisons. Hey, now, huh? Look, I'm the one who said they might win in in Tallahassee. <laughs> yeah, it's look. I poo pooed Chris when he said that. that, that it, was a, it was kind of tepid though. Uh, oh yeah, it was certainly. Yeah, it was, you know. But yeah, I, t- I tapped down around it, but okay. that's okay. Okay, your bison. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's talk about your bison's then. Uh, big win though. Well, how do you follow up on that? <laughs> so should I go? Go yeah. please. Yeah. yeah. So first off, I want to on the on the website then Nashville Hoops blog where we had the small breaking news where uh, Darian Boyd, the the Bison's leading scorer, who broke his thumb late in the second half in the Belmont game, it's not his non-shooting hand, might play tonight. They're playing at Eastern Kentucky. Their first two Atlantic Sun games are road games at Eastern Kentucky and at Bellarmine. And Boyd could be playing. Lenny Acuff told me he's got to see him play in warmups. He doesn't have a plan yet for how he's going to use him, but he's—it's big for them if he comes back. I really, I mean, they—they beat Florida State without him, which is an incredible accomplishment. I I didn't think it could be done, but they played great. And you add Boyd back in, and this is an Atlantic Sun contender, I think. And Joe, when you win a game like that. And then you go into conference play on the road. Obviously, everybody knows that you just won at Florida State over the weekend. I mean, the 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 element of surprise is gone. You're not going to sneak up on Eastern or on Bellarmine, and it's not like you know you needed their focus to be that razor sharp. I mean, they're they're gonna that they will be ready for whatever the Bisons bring, with or without Boyd. I would think. Yeah, and, and I think probably the atmosphere at Eastern Kentucky will be tougher than it was at Florida State last Saturday. Everyone was worried about the football game. Wow. That, uh, for, for whatever was reason. The basketball game or the football game for Florida yeah. State? Uh, I'm not sure it was not was worried a, about the football game at Florida State, at least not on the team. Judge, judging by the way it went, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, your point is made. They were, you know, that's just a heck of a victory, I think, for Lipscomb under any circumstance. But again, and and we've seen, I've seen, you know, mid-majors go on the road and win games like that and then kind of come back and, and not be able to back it up. And I'm sure that that's what Lenny Acuff has been talking to this team about over the past few days. Okay, that that's a great win, but, you know, now we got to go and, and and do it in a conference road game and Eastern Kentucky, it's interesting because this if you were if you were planning out the, as a Lipscomb fan and putting little w's and l's next to games before the season this game tonight at Eastern Kentucky you would have probably been made it a loss Eastern Kentucky was the preseason selection to win the Atlantic Sun and they've been a big disappointment I think they're four and eight uh they've lost a home game to uh, Prairie View uh they uh they're beatable, and uh, if Lipscomb can play, they don't even have to play as well as they played against Florida State to win tonight. Uh, so it, it, this is a this is an important game uh, for Lipscomb to establish itself, maybe as the uh, top team in the league by winning at Eastern tonight. You know, Joe, I, I, I kind of go back to when John Morant was out for the Grizzlies for that period of time. 
Sometimes there's a different dynamic on a team when your best player isn't. Mm-hmm. And when that player returns, it can take a little time to get back into the swing of things maybe. Now, obviously, he's played with them this year, and it hasn't been that long ago. But does that make a difference in this, do you think? Or are they just going to kind of pick up where they left off? Or? No, I, I think you make a good point. But I, I would I would take this a little further. Jacob Agnatovic, who is their leading scorer last season and has been out all season with the knee injury, is a big guy who plays inside. Without him, Lipskin has really played that five-out type of offense, even with Owen McCormick, who's their 6'9 center, and Grant Asman comes off the bench. They are playing five players away from the basket, running that Princeton-style offense, looking for their back cuts. And Boyd fits right into that. This is the, He fits that style. So uh, I expect him to fit right back in, to answer your question directly. Okay. Um, we talked about Lipscomb. It's tough to talk about Lipscomb and not talk about Belmont. And, you know, I saw on the news a couple of nights ago when Belmont lost at (laughs) Southern Illinois, I saw a Casey Alexander who I don't know that I've seen that fired up maybe since he was playing quarterback at Brentwood Academy. um, (laughs) That's a great reference. (laughs) Casey, Casey doesn't get like he was in that clip very often, I don't think. Um, no, I think you're absolutely right. That is not like him at all. He's very calm. And Casey Alexander got tossed the other night. <laughs> Wait, I got to ask you a question first, Mo, before we mm-hmm. discuss that. What kind mm-hmm. of quarterback was he? Very short in himself. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Yeah, he was a very short quarterback. But I tell you what, he he gritty, gutty, um, did what had to be done to win, knew his strengths knew his weaknesses i mean he played quarterback like he coaches i think uh, and and um i i think casey would love to play for casey probably so uh-huh. but uh really enjoyed so watching him at the high school level both in football and basketball last year so but, so his ejection it, it is uh so the game was definitely uh called the officials and he can't say this specifically because he'll get fined or uh, it was it was definitely called uh, how can I say this in the style that Southern Illinois would like mm. physical play was allowed uh, and Belmont never really got into their free flowing offense that they love to because they were getting bumped around a lot huh? correct correct so he was hot to begin with about that and then uh, there was a travel call on Malik Dia that. I, you know, they never showed the replay, but, you know, it wasn't like one of those where you said, oh, that's traveling. They, they just they blew the whistle and they called it. it maybe mm-hmm. it could have been if, if we'd seen a replay. And it wiped off a basket, didn't it? It did. Okay. And as the ref is coming, who called it, is coming back up court, he runs right by Casey. And Casey just starts screaming at him. And uh, that was it. I mean, he just turned around and went, one, two, gone, like that. That It, it happened so quickly. And then, uh, and then Casey really lost it after that. And... Uh, he didn't. He didn't leave quietly or quickly. He continued to. <laughs> yeah, his uh, money's worth. There you go. <laughs> yes, he continued to yell at the officials, and he had to walk across the court to leave. And and at some point, even though he was on the court leaving, you know, he was walking backwards. He's still and yelling. yelling. And, and another and, time. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
slowly a security guard walks into this camera. Like they're going to have to escort them off. And uh, then he turned around and walked off. So <laughs> they didn't really need the security guard, but it was, it was amusing to see the security guard. Uh, I immediately texted uh, Greg Sage, the, uh, the great PR guy over at Belmont. And he's, he can't answer me right away because he's doing the color. He's the analyst on the radio broadcast. And, uh, but he did text me later. It's the first ejection in Casey's career. Wow. Wow. Well, it, it looked like he did get his money's worth, I tell you. And you talk about that slow walk across the court and, and off the court. I um, I covered a Vanderbilt Arkansas game years and years and more years ago, Joe, when Nolan Richardson was at Arkansas and he got mm-hmm. tossed at Vanderbilt. And I don't remember how it was, but he had to walk the length of the court to get off the court to get to Arkansas's dressing area after the game. And, and it was like glorious, you know, (laughs) you know, he had gotten thrown out, but he walked off like he won, you know, yeah, but I I can't remember where it must've been. Arkansas must've been dressing. Well, clearly, that wasn't, yeah, that wouldn't events, be true. That yeah. wouldn't be true now. The visiting team, yeah, could, yeah, because it's go a right short walk steps, now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that's why I was confused. But yeah, it was, um, it was fantastic. He he had his boots on, and and it was it was it was fantastic. But um, uh, Joe Sullivan of NashvilleHoops.blog joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint, talking a little local hoops. Uh, how does Belmont bounce back from that? 73-63 loss up at Southern Illinois. They played a night against Illinois State. Is that right? No, uh, that's not right. Their next game is Sunday. Drake. Oh, Drake. Okay. Drake. The is so it the Drake at home Okay. On Sunday, I, I, two o'clock. And I'm sorry, it, Joe. We're reading men's and women's schedules in the rundown, and so I get confused. Yeah. They played Drake, and you said that was going to be a ball game worth watching. Absolutely, and it is so. Uh, uh, Tucker DeVries, the star of Drake, is on the NBA radar. I, I checked with Greg Sage uh, earlier this week. There are 18 NBA scouts that are going to be at the game. And uh, so they're there to see him. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, this conflicts with the final Titans game of the year. So I don't know what people are going to do. But if you're a basketball fan, I don't want I, look, I'm not a, I don't want to be a PR guy, but I, that's, I'm very excited about going to see uh, DeVries play in person. He didn't play in Nashville last year. He was hurt. And also, uh, it's an important game for Belmont. Drake it was the preseason pick to win the league. Right now, we'd say they're probably the second-best team in the league. Indiana State looks like the best team. But this is a really important game for uh, for Belmont on Sunday. They need to win this home game against Drake to establish themselves as one of the top teams in the league. And uh, so uh, one thing uh, that came up Thursday – I'm sorry, Tuesday night – uh, for Belmont is uh, Jacoby Gillespie, their point guard, their outstanding point guard. His left hand, it's non-shooting hand, but was wrapped like and 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 they they, uh, they confirmed to me that there was injury. They weren't specific about what it was, and that he's day to day. He played so he played with an injury against Southern Illinois uh, and was not at his best offensively. I mean, he only had six points, uh, and he's an important offensive player for them defensively. He played well because he guarded Xavier Johnson, who I guess right now might be the second leading scorer in the nation, and uh, Belmont held him under his average. They really made him earn what he got. Joe, you talked last week about 
not knowing much in the way of Little Rock and not being able to kind of get a read on them. Tennessee State sort of struggled at times, but obviously come back late and get a 90 to 82 win. Uh, what a win for them. I, you know, this is like a secret, right? This is a, a, like a quiet win that could change the season. They look like they were about to lose it, to give it away again, like they've done a lot of times this year. And they got tough, and they made the plays they had to. Uh, playing without Jalen Jones, by the way, who was suspended for the game. Uh, conduct detrimental to the team. Uh, and uh, I guess I wasn't a believer in them at being that mentally tough to be able to handle the challenge from Little Rock and win that game, and they did. And I, and I mentioned to Penny after the game, I said, this is the type of game that can change the season or they can believe in themselves. They know they can do this. And, you know, Penny being cautious said, I hope so. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't ready to buy in totally. And and that's because they have a road trip coming up. They're at uh, Southern Indiana uh, tonight. And then they have a huge game Saturday at Moorhead State. Uh, I, I finally got to see Moorhead State play a little bit on Sunday. Uh and we had talked about Riley Minix, their, their NAIA transfer. He's a beast. He had 34 on Sunday when I was watching him. They were, uh, uh, he, is, he looks like he could be player of the year in the league. And uh, Moorhead looks real tough again. What a transfer pickup he was. I mean, who would yeah. And no one heard of this guy. And, uh, and he's going to be, he could be player of the year in the, in the OVC. It's crazy. Um, I think part of the reason Moorhead is such a tough place to play is it's such a tough place to get to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've never been, Mo. Tell me. (laughs) Well, I've I've not been, but I have been to Richmond, and I think it's like an hour and a half past there. Yeah. So, yeah, do the math. But um, so this is a tough road trip for TSU, like you said, going to Southern Illinois and then Moorhead. And – you know, I guess if you get a split, maybe out of those two games, you feel pretty good about your OVC status. Yes, I would agree. They have to win tonight. This is Southern Indiana. Is is uh, they did win Southern Indiana beat. Uh, I'm gonna. Oh boy, if I mess this up, Lindenwood on on Sunday, uh, and uh, not they're, great. They're man. beatable. It was only their fifth win of the year, fourth or fifth win of the year. I mean. Tennessee State, Jalen Jones, hopefully back, uh, should win this game tonight. And uh, and then we'll see. You know, I would think Moorhead's it's going to be very tough to beat, more, to beat Moorhead. I'm not sure what they're going to do with this Minix guy. Uh, people should get it to check him out. He's he's really an interesting player. Joe, before we let you go, if you got an extra 100 bucks, and you want to play the lottery. Put it down on Vanderbilt to win the SEC regular season. Odds from Bet Online AG twenty five thousand to one. It, it could buy give me a million to one, Chris. You're still going to lose your hundred bucks. So, <laughs> but they did beat Dartmouth. Ah, but as they predicted. did beat Dartmouth <laughs> as predicted. But, but on these, Chris, on these as, very airwaves, yes, as. As you said, though, they played down to their competition, as you have pointed out, and and they did not play easy. well. Yeah. Well, they've got Alabama Saturday afternoon at the at Memorial. But watch out, they might and, they might drown the tide. 
Alabama averaging 92 points a game. So uh, they're going to go after it. We'll see if the Commodores can keep up. I have my doubts. <laughs> he has his doubts. Well, Alabama scored good story. There's a good story in the Tennessee today by Aria Gerson about the Stackhouse's uh, situation and, and whether his job is in jeopardy. Uh, and she really she, – she does a nice job. She really explains – how poorly they're ranked in terms of the, the metrics that uh, judge basketball teams in the country. They, the only, uh, the only major conference team that has the worst ranking is DePaul. That ain't great. That ain't great. Joe, no, Sullivan, Joe Sullivan of NashvilleHoops.blog joining us here on Main Street Sports today, as he does typically on Wednesdays. Appreciate your flexibility here around the holidays, Joe, and look forward to getting you back in the regular rotation next week. All right. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. Thanks for having me on. Sounds good. All right. Let's take a quick one minute break. Come back. Rapid fire reaction right after this. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, I'm no. like, apologies in advance. It sounds like CC Commissioner Greg Sankey got that radio voice. I know. It's a good sound. Oh, yeah. for radio, too. <laughs> As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. So, And we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee, Coach. Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when you're on Main Street and you are moving... You gotta love it. Like you're moving... I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone... Welcome back in. Rapid fire reaction now on Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Barnes. Once again, thanks to our friends at Swishworks for allowing us to come out and hang out here today. A lot of great, great uh, shooters, including this young lady right here who is knocking them down from about 14 feet. The mid-range jumper is back, huh? The mid-range jumper is back. They've got a great facility here in Hendersonville. Look them up. Of course, Swish underscore works on Twitter. And is it Swishworks.com? Um, so. I would think so, but it is definitely Swish underscore works on Twitter. No, Swishworks.com is not it, so I don't I feel bad now because I did not get their 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 web address on the time. But you can find them on Facebook. Swishworks.net. Sure. .net. All right. .net. Swishworks.net. Go check them out. Download the app. Come get some shots up. First question, Mo, mm-hmm. rapid-fire reaction. want to give a shout-out to Hank Brown for his performance in the Music City Bowl, former Lipscomb Academy signal caller, coming mm-hmm. back home, and had a pretty good day, which, you know, for Auburn on Saturday... 
not Pretty many people, relative, not huh? many people did. No. So you got to give him, you got to give him credit. Pretty <laughs> solid, uh, solid outing for him. So just want to give him a shout out. Number two, mentioned earlier, Quinshawn Judkins and Caden Salter are in the portal. And with varying degrees of surprise attached to each of those. Not terribly surprised Caden Salter is looking at making a move. No. Would not have expected Quinshawn Judkins to be leaving the juggernaut that is Ole Miss football all of a sudden. Okay, but <laughs> we heard at SEC Media Days about Quinshawn Judkins being wooed mm-hmm. by suitors. Now that Ole Miss is paying these other players, mm-hmm. what does Quinshawn do? Did he go and say, hey, I know what you're paying Walter Nolan, and I need to get paid what Walter Nolan's getting paid. Well, and, and I would think that Lane Kiffin would be smart enough to have known that. And yet, He's in the transfer portal. Well, just because he's in the transfer portal doesn't mean he's transferred. I would be more shocked if Quinshawn Judkins is in an Ole Miss uniform next year than I would be if Vanderbilt won the regular season basketball tur- uh, SEC. At 25,000 to one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't. I don't. I, think I, I don't know why. Thing. I don't know why. If Ole Miss is paying all those other folks, why, that you, wouldn't done, why you wouldn't pay him? Yes, I agree. That's, I agree. But clearly, I mean, because those guys have done it somewhere else. Clearly, there's a problem. The first running back in the Southeastern Conference since Herschel Walker to rush for 15 touchdowns in consecutive seasons. That's unprecedented company right there. Well, I mean, how long has it been since Herschel Walker was at Georgia? 42 years. So, so I mean, it ain't unprecedented, but... it's it, Well, unprecedented company. Is what, I mean, mm. Herschel, Herschel and you? Huh. Yeah. Nobody's been there since you. And, and anytime you and Herschel Walker are in the same conversation when it relates to Southeastern <laughs> Conference football. And the word only? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. No, and, and so that's why I, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't pay him, but they clearly aren't. Because if they were, well, he wouldn't have it for it. He had to go to them and say, this is what it's going to take. Right? And maybe they said, let us get back to you. Try your luck. And, and, and maybe he said, well, maybe this will help you get back to me a little quicker. <laughs> Quinchon Jenkins is not going to play for Ole Well, where is he going to play? There are 132 other schools who would take him. Oh, absolutely. 132. Now, now, okay, now here's the thing. There's 132 schools that would take him. How many schools can pay him more than Ole Miss? Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I may be wrong here. Hmm? In order to transfer to an SEC school, didn't he already need to be in the portal before the December signing period? Uh, I don't know. 
I think there, there's a timeline. I don't know where mm-hmm. the time stops. Yeah. I, I, good question. So it may be 120 schools or 118 schools mm-hmm. that have the ability to sign Quinn Chun Chunkin. Yeah. 132 minus 15? 15, 117. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, there may not be, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But this is an interesting situation. Now, Caden Salter, we know that he wants to play in the Southeastern Conference. He signed with Tennessee out of high school. And, you know, he's played for uh, Hugh Freeze. I almost said Hank Freeze because I was thinking Hank Brown. Hugh. Hugh Freeze. He's played for Hugh Freeze at Liberty. You asked the question, does he end up at Auburn? I think I think it would be really hard for Auburn to say no if Caden Salter wants to play. How does that work? Well, you went and got Peyton Thorne last year. Pushed Robbie Ashford out. Thorne didn't work out. Hank Brown comes in. Knew he was a transfer, but not he knew he wasn't going to be playing for the, the number one spot. Now he is. He played well in the bowl game. And you're going to bring in another guy? Now, the difference between Peyton Thorne and Caden Salter is they've played together. They, 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 coach and player have been together. They understand mm-hmm. the system. There's not, a, there's not any kind of you know, learning curve necessarily. Caden Salter steps in, runs huge fuses offense, and Auburn automatically wins a game more than they would have otherwise. I don't know. What's more likely? Caden Salter plays at Auburn, Quinchon Judkins plays at Ole Miss. I'd say it's more likely that that Caden Salter plays at Auburn. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. Thanks but I, I, I am fascinated by this Quinchon Judkins situation. I am too. I'm, I'm really excited to see where he ends up. I think it's going to be a talking point during Until he gets season. there. Yes. <laughs> so, again, thanks to our friends here at Swishworks. We appreciate them for their hospitality. Thanks to you guys for hanging out with us here on Main Street Sports today. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock back in studio. Until then, be safe. We'll see you later.